one pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here, goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for joining us once again. This will be a fun one. Nice series win for the Mariners, taking two of three from the Houston Astros. We'll talk about both ball games. Really an impressive series win, something that hasn't happened in Houston in a long time. They have not lost a series at their home ballpark since May. It has been a while, but the Mariners able to well, defeat Scott Kazmir has had a great year and a series where they're facing both Keiko and Kazmir and they're able to get the series. That's impressive. So we're going to break it all down next. Some heroes expected and not expected that we'll talk about in the series win against Houston. Also love Edgar Martinez talking about hitting and that comes up. Rick Riz, a nice long conversation with Edgar Martinez, which is fantastic as you would expect. And Shannon Dreyer, We'll sit down with Jeff Kingston, assistant general manager for the Seattle Mariners, acting general manager for the Seattle Mariners. Great conversation there. I suspect this may be the first time that many of you have ever heard Jeff Kingston in a conversation. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. You'll enjoy that. Let's look at game two of this series, though. The Mariners had already fallen in game one. In game two, Dallas Keiko was sensational. Arena Elias taking on Scott Feldman in game two of the series. And I always love when Scott Feldman pitches. Who is it? Feldman. From across the hall. <laughs> it gets me every time. Feldman from across the hall. He only lasted two and two-thirds in this one, had to leave. And uh, Elias, meanwhile, five and a third, five hits and four runs. So the Mariners... Well, they're able to get to the Astros' bullpen a little bit. They break out the sticks, and they got a huge, huge blast from Logan Morrison. The 2-0 swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Going, going, goodbye baseball. Logan Morrison with a pinch hit, two-out, two-run home run into the lower deck. A line shot home run, his 14th of the season. And the Mariners regain the lead. Seven to five here in the top of the eighth. And that baby was shot out of a cannon. Holy smokes. What a bolt by Logan Morrison. Some late heroics there. And then the bullpen would close it down. Kensing, Carson Smith, Tom Wilhelmsen. And the bartender gets it done and closes out the win for the M's. The 0-1 pitch on the way, swing and a ground ball, slow roller to third, charging Seager on the run, he's got it, the throw to first, in time to get Gattis, and this ball game is over. The Mariners win it tonight, 7-5 over the Houston Astros to take game two of the three-game series in a wild, wild ball game here at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, a game that went back and forth, back and forth. The Mariners end up winners, and a big reason why the long ball, you heard it there from Morrison, but... Early in the ballgame as well, Mark Trumbo smashed one. The 2-1 pitch, swing and a high fly ball, deep into the gap in left center field, going and going, hit the locomotive! Holy smoke, Mark Trumbo hit the train! 
a two-run home run. It hit off the cow catcher in front of that 1860-style locomotive. Holy smokes. Choo-choo. <laughs> he got the train. Second time the Mariner has hit a train this year. Nelson Cruz swatted one off the train earlier this year. Franklin Gutierrez, too. He played some long ball. Here's a swing and a high fly ball. Deep to left field. Going back. Rasmus near the wall. Looks up. Goodbye baseball. Over the tall wall in straightaway left field. Here at Minute Maid Park. And Franklin Gutierrez starts off September like he ended August, a home run is 11th of the year, and the Mariners have just taken a one nothing lead over the Astros here in the second. He continues to crush it. And in fact, it led to this great email I got uh, just the other day. Michael Hartshorn sent me this great email about Franklin Gutierrez, and it started you know, kind of an offhand comment to one of his buddies about Franklin Gutierrez seems like the most productive guy in terms of production per at-bats in the big leagues. So it drove him to actually check it out. And it's pretty interesting what he dug up. He was looking at RBIs per at-bat for guys with at least 100 at-bats per the season. And the top seven guys are pretty interesting. Josh Donaldson is number seven on the list. He has .206 RBIs per at-bat. Six on the list is Paul Goldschmidt, .208. Jackie Bradley Jr. is fifth on the list, .215. I think it helps that that giant game he had against the Mariners, too, certainly helped him propel, propel him to where he's at. Sanyo from the Twins, .229. Schwarber, who's had that big outburst for the Cubs, .233. Uh, Stanton, who's been on the shelf for a while now, looking to make his return, or uh, hoping in the next few days, .240. And number one on the list, Franklin Gutierrez, .245. That's outstanding. And this is as of a couple days ago, so they might have changed slightly. Actually, Gutierrez probably gotten better since then, given his at-bats. But I thought it was an outstanding email, and I think further points out, man, Franklin Gutierrez is having a great year, and I think we all realize this, but... What a year and what a story. After not playing at all last year, the kind of production he has given the Mariners in that role has been sensational. And it's been one of the good stories in the big leagues. I love stories like this. I mean, baseball is so unique in this regard. The comeback story, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys on that list this year. But Franco Gutierrez is right up there at the top in terms of comeback stories. And he just continues to have a sensational year ever since his call-up. He's been highly productive. So, again, really appreciate the email. Great stuff from Michael Hartshorn. Love stuff like this. You can always always feel free to send me stuff like that. I love it. Twitter or email, whatever works. But that's fantastic. So the Mariners take game two of the series. They even the series. And as I talked about Coming into the series, game two was the one they had to get if they were going to win the series. Knowing that you're going to face Keuchel in game one, Kashmir in game three, it was going to be tough enough to get the series anyways. So you had to get game two. They did. But game three, still daunting. Kashmir having a sensational season, but a good matchup. Walker against Kashmir, but the Mariners, they don't waste any time jumping on Kashmir early in the ballgame. With the help of Sean O'Malley. 
picking up his first Mariners base hit. The 0-2 pitch, there goes Romero, swinging a ground ball through the right side, a base hit for O'Malley. Romero running third, he's going to score, and the Mariners have a 1-0 lead with two outs. Sean O'Malley comes through in the clutch as he punches one through the right side of the infield. His Mariner debut, an RBI single in his first at bat. They're going crazy right now in Richland, Washington. They should be. What a night he had. Sean O'Malley from Richland, his first hit as a Mariner, his first RBI as a Mariner, and he wasn't done. Later in the ballgame, he would come up in a monster situation. 3-3 ball game, eighth inning, and he comes through in a big way. The pitch on the way, swinging a line drive into right field. That's going to drop in a base hit. Morrison will score, and the Mariners have the lead 4-3. What a night for Sean O'Malley. The kid out of Kennewick with his third base hit, his second run batted in, jumps on the first pitch from Nishak, lines a single into right field, scoring Morrison. Over to third goes Sucre, and the Mariners are on top. A career day to say the least. O'Malley three for four. A run scored, two RBIs, drew a walk. He reached base four times. And why I say a career day, last year he broke into the big leagues with the Angels, and he spent 11 games with the Angels, 16 plate appearances. He had three hits in those 16 ABs and didn't draw a walk. He reached more times in the ball game last night than he did his first go-around in the big leagues. He reached four times, including three hits and a couple of them Pretty clutch to drive in runs. And then the Mariners, their bullpen once again. It has been a dynamic duo between Carson Smith and Tom Wilhelmson. And Carson Smith with Walker going six and two-thirds, gave up three runs, but he got a big punch out when they needed it. 3-2 pitch. Here it comes. Slide out a miss. He struck him out. Back-to-back nights. Carson Smith in a clutch situation. Strikes out Jose Altuve to keep this game tied at 3-3. You know, Carson Smith back in that role where he's being spotted in big situations, primarily against righties in the seventh and the eighth innings, is really thriving. And we know that weapon with the slider, he's especially tough on righties. And Lloyd McClendon now with Wilhelmsen closing down ball games of the ninth, been able to go to Carson Smith in those big spots, and that's where he has really shined in his Mariners career. Only threw seven pitches, got the big out, got the big punch out there, so throws a third of an inning. Kenson comes on in the eighth and gets into a little bit of trouble, gets an out, but gives up a hit in a tight ball game, a two-run ball game. Tom Wilhelmsen called on with just one out in the eighth inning, but he gets the job done. The 3-2 on the way. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Got him with a changeup, and that will retire the side. Tom Wilhelmson strikes out Colby Rasmus, and the Astros leave a runner stranded at third. And then the Mariners, a little breathing room, a little insurance in the ninth inning, second night in a row. Lomo. He delivers. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Tucker going back to the one-inch track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Right over the top of the tall wall into the left field seats. A three-run opposite field home run for Logan Morrison. Holy smokes, the Mariners tack on three more here in the top of the ninth and now lead the Astros 8-3. to three. And then Tom Wilhelmsen would close it down. Again, the 1-2. 
to Hank Conger. Swing and a miss. Strike three, and this ball game is over. The Mariners win it tonight. A final score of eight to three over the Astros, and they win the series two games to one. Tom Helmsen closes it down, and he is—he's been lights out. He hasn't given up a run in his last eight appearances. But it really goes back even further. If you track it back to when he returned to the big leagues after his short stint in Tacoma, July 17th he returned. Since then, a 2-3-6 ERA, an opponent's only batting a buck 85 against him. And he's really been able to solidify the back end, especially with a lead. Will Helmsen, Carson Smith in front of him. Kensing has actually pitched some big innings as well. It's much more solidified the last couple weeks than it has been the previous month or so, and that's thanks to Tom Wilhelmsen really locking down the closer spot. He's been awfully, awfully good, and he got it done. An inning and two-thirds save to get it done. He had to go the distance, but he closes down save number eight on the season. And the Mariners, they beat the Astros 8-3. to three. Impressive win, and the story, well, one of the stories, of course, Sean O'Malley, big, big ball game, three for four, a couple of RBIs. This is what he had to say after the ball game. Yeah, it was it was comfortable. Um, I played with uh, Goody and Romero for a little bit, so, uh, you know, it made it nice to, you know, have him out there, maybe a little more comfortable. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel as much pressure. You know, we kind of, I kind of know his range, he kind of knows mine, so. It was definitely that was definitely a plus. Sean, I hopped in here kind of late, but obviously mm-hmm. a, a big night for you. Mm-hmm. And what's it mean to you to come up and be able to contribute the way that you did tonight? It means a lot. Uh, you know, anything I can do to help this team win some games is, you know, why I'm here. So however they however they uh, want to use me, I, I'm more than willing to. You see your name in the lineup at center today. Uh, how much have you played, and how comfortable are you out there? I feel pretty comfortable. I played there quite a bit the last uh, few weeks uh, in AAA, and so I got comfortable. When I got hurt, I got to work with uh, Ruggiano, and so he helped me out in the outfield a little bit to relax more, and uh, it's starting to uh, come around a lot better. Come up first to bat, get the hit. How much does that help you kind of relax in this game? Oh, it's huge. Uh, you know, if sitting there thinking like I overswing and start clutching myself in the box and then just like relax and breathe and the next thing you know you get a hit so just to get that one out the first one out of the way the monkey's off the back so hopefully I can uh, keep it going not an easy night I mean they've got tough pitchers all over the place the next thing you know you're seeing a different pitcher every at bat with one of the toughest bullpens what's your approach in that situation you know Edgar Edgar does a really good job of getting uh getting you a good scouting report so I just went over read what he had to give me heard what he had to say and uh you know, just trusted my approach, and it turned out good. Eighth inning, there was a little bit of a delay, and I saw Lloyd McClendon call you back before you went up for that up bat. What did he tell you? He just wanted to make sure I still knew the signs. <laughs> <laughs> make sure I was ready to go if they wanted to put something on. So. And you go first pitch on it. I just saw a ball up in the zone that I thought I could handle. Sometimes you black out, you don't even know what the pitch is, and it just happens to be in your zone, you're locked in, and, you know, the pitch was uh, two-seamer up that I thought I could handle, and luckily I handled it just enough to get it out of the infield. Well, congratulations. What a great day for Sean O'Malley. Playing center field as well, a position he hasn't played a ton in his minors, especially early on in his minor league career. Basically a middle infielder, shortstop, second baseman type, started to move around a little bit recently. And then some games in center field, I know spent, uh, I think, seven games last year in center field, and then some time this year he spent – in center field he started nine games in Tacoma but 
Not a ton of action in his career in center field, but getting the start last night for the Mariners. The night before, Brad Miller started in center field. I thought his comments were pretty interesting after the ball game. Now that, you know, Marte playing so well at shortstop and Austin Jackson traded away, it looks like Brad Miller's going to get a lot of action in center field. So it was very interesting to hear Brad Miller after the ball game talk about kind of how he looks at that right now. Like I, because I, you know, I, I knew I was there, so I tried to jump, but I probably had one more step. But you know, fun just trying to run things down. That's the ball you can envision getting. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, at the time, obviously, you know, I, I want to get it, <laughs> regardless, you know, of, of what is going on. You know, I felt like I had a good beat on it. Um, you know, I just gotta, you know, keep keep getting my reads and keep getting better. How different is it to see a fence in front of you? Um, yeah, no, it's definitely weird. You know, they don't move, so that's that's one thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it's just kind of <clears throat> not an adventure, but it's it's challenging. It's fun out there, you know. So yeah, you just got to know your surroundings at East Sherman Park. Nelson Cruz doesn't move either. No, he does not. I, I lose that battle every time. I'm pretty sure. How close were you? I honestly do not know. I thought like our gloves hit. Oh really? Our gloves hit. And, you know, thankfully he, like, he might have, must have boxed me out or something. You know, we obviously both had a beat on it, both calling it. And, uh, yeah, but I lose that every day of the week. When do you know he's there? When my glove hit his glove. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, focus on the ball. You said you never want to take your eyes off the ball. Yeah, you know, I'm still still trying to get comfortable. You know, obviously, you know, when, when it's kind of in the gap like that, you got, you know, not just a wall, but you got another guy to, to – kind of work with and communicate so yeah just gotta keep working at that but uh he made a great play but yeah just when it came off the wall you know i wanted to make a play you know i wanted to just whatever so i, I exactly i just rushed it you know didn't pick up my guys and just rushed it we talked about learning how much time you have when you were playing shortstop yeah. learning how much time you have in the outfield for that's yep. gonna be a totally different for sure and i but you know i know i know that there's there's no rush you know but I, it's just whenever there's a ball and it hits a gap you know what i mean it's kind of an adrenaline rush you want to go after it and make a play and you know i Played it nice off the wall and then, you know, didn't really even pick up. I just kind of threw it in real quick and, you know, I had more time. But, you know, uh, obviously just, just learning next time I, I know what to do. So every day is just I know what to do right now? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And the game experience is awesome. You know, just getting out there, seeing all the stuff you can't replicate. But, uh, you know, it's fun thinking thinking along with it, you know, because obviously, you know, as an infielder, I think you always kind of should know what's going on at, at, the, at the other spots. So just implementing it. Interesting stuff there from Brad Miller. Obviously, we'll be watching that closely this last month of the season. Mariners now an off day today. Off to Oakland Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Edgar almost will get the start on Friday against the A's. 1-0, a 2-1-3 ERA. Aaron Brooks will go for Oakland. Felix the King on Saturday against Jesse Chavez. And then Iwakuma on Sunday against Dubron. So that's the three and Mariners miss Sonny Gray again, who actually got roughed up a little bit in the start against the Angels yesterday. So that's the second time in a row the A's have uh, not thrown Sonny Gray against the Mariners in a three-game series. But Felix draws the A's. He pitched really well against them last time, so I'm anxious to see the start on Saturday. Well, right now we're going to hand things off to Shannon Dreyer and her chat with Assistant General Manager Jeff Kingston. Shannon Dreyer here in Houston catching up with assistant GM Jeff Kingston who is now on the trip with us and Jeff I mean it's been a busy few days we've seen call-ups 
Uh, we've seen trades, and here we are in the month of September, and it's an important month. There, there's a lot of baseball to be played and a lot to be seen, and Lloyd McClendon's talked quite a bit in the last couple of weeks about the evaluation process. What, what are the things that you're looking at right now? Yeah, it is an interesting month for us. Uh, obviously not where we want to be as far as playing meaningful games. We're still, we're still competing, still trying to win every single game, and fight our way back into this thing but um, more than anything I think right now this is a chance to showcase our younger players let them audition for roles going into the offseason and in, in 2016 and, and some of that is trying to figure out which of our young players uh, you know what positions they fit best at and some of it some of the guys we just called up today you know they're going to be auditioning for roles uh, out of the bullpen and, and even in, even as extra roles going into 2016 so um, you know, Lloyd and I are on the same page, I think, and the rest of the coaching staff as far as trying to let these young kids play as, as much as possible. And the more we can answer questions about um, our club going forward and into the offseason, the better off we'll be. Now, Brad Miller out in center field, what, what's the most important thing that you could see from him over this next month that helps you evaluate? Yeah, I, th- I would say probably two things. Probably the jumps that he gets on balls, his instincts, reading the bat off the ball, and, and then just his overall route efficiency. Um, how efficient is he at tracking balls? Is he is he doing a lot of S curves or is he doing a lot of straight lines? You know, we a few years ago we were fortunate that Franklin Gutierrez here seemed like he had a radar on where the ball was going to land. I mean, he he took pretty much 100% route efficiencies every time. Um, so I think I think for Brad, we know he's athletic enough. We know we know he's fast enough. Um, you know, is he how are his instincts and you know can he be efficient running after balls? We had uh, the Arizona Fall rosters were released today. Obviously, you've got your allotment that you can use. Who was important to get on that roster, and what do you want to see from them? Tyler Smith, mm-hmm. who uh, who had a very nice year in Double A. Um, Tyler O'Neill, 30 plus home runs, has come on really really strong in the second half for us at, at Bakersfield. And then DJ Peterson, who you know he had a little bit of a disappointing year, never quite got it going offensively. Um, He's rehabbing in Arizona right now, trying to trying to get back healthy again. But this this he was in the fall league last year. This gives him a chance to repeat it, um, improve upon some things, and, and finish the year strong. So we're look, we're looking for a, a nice rebound Arizona fall league from from DJ. And then on the pitching side, um, a little bit of a surprise, but you're going to see James Paxton down there starting the entire fall league. Obviously, James missed several months up here, and it's really just to get him innings, get his innings built up, so that next year. You know, hopefully he ends somewhere in that 130 to 150 range next year. We don't have to worry about shutting him down early um, if he can build it, build up those innings. Um, you're also going to see Tony Zick down there in the fall league, who we just recalled or selected today to, to join our big league club. Um, so he's a he's a kid that's got a big arm, throws up to 90, 97, 98 miles an hour with a swing and miss slider. Um, yeah, Paul Fry, who's a left-hander that had arguably the best best season out of any of our relievers in the minor leagues this year, finished in Double A, had a fantastic season. And then David Rollins is going to be one of the relievers down there. He obviously missed the first couple months of, of this season, so he could use some more innings. And as a Rule Five player, um, you know he probably could use some more development. So that's. Uh, that's what the Fall League roster looks like for us. A lot of work for a lot of guys there. That's a good thing. Jeff, thank you. Thank you, Shannon. And this is always good. I love this as Rick Riz will chat with Edgar Martinez about hitting. Have a chance to sit down and talk a little bit of hitting with um, one of the best hitters I've ever seen in the game of baseball, a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, Edgar Martinez, the new hitting coach for the ball club. And, Edgar, 
Ted Williams said uh, hitting a baseball, a round ball with a round bat squarely is one of the toughest things to do in sports. What do you think made you such a, a great hitter all those years in the big leagues? Well, I think um, uh, from the beginning, since I was a young kid, I was able to make uh, contact and use the whole field. And um, when I got to uh, the big leagues, to stay in the big leagues, I think I was able to make adjustments. Not always uh, the beginning has success, and I learned that I have to make adjustments and figure things out. Uh, and, and that was the key for me, and, um, and the way I work. It was constantly repetition, repetition of my swing, the way I wanted in the game. And uh, I think those things uh, helped me out a lot. When you're talking to kids, right now you're the hitting coach for a big league ball club like the Mariners. Where do you start uh, talking about how to swing the bat, how to grip the bat, a comfortable stance? Uh, what's number one, number two, and number three? Yeah, I think the main thing is uh, the stance. Uh, they, they have a stance where... You know, is uh, they feel comfortable, and also that stance allows them to uh, to get to the ball uh, quick enough to make uh, solid uh, contact. Uh, the other thing that I look off is uh, how they transfer the weight uh, from the back leg to the front leg after you know at, at contact, uh, contact point. And uh, the third thing is uh, the swing pads, how it's coming through the zone. So basically, those two things. Uh, three things are the ones that um, I like to teach uh, the kids. We see hitters with so many different stances. How did you find the stance that was right for you as far as where your hands were and were and everything else with your swing? Well, at the beginning, uh, even when I was in minor leagues, I watched a lot of the players in, on TV. Uh, I remember one year in A, I started using the stance from, uh, um, let me see, was this, this player... That was with the with the Mets, the first baseman, um, Keith Hernandez. I was using that stance uh, because you just liked it. I like it how he looks, <laughs> and I say, okay, I'm gonna try it. And I'm in Double A trying to <laughs> make it to Triple A, but I felt comfortable using that stance, and it worked for me in Double A. And, uh, and then uh, in Triple A, I used it for a while, and uh, I also used the stance of Jose Cruz. Uh, and uh, it works for me there. And uh, in the big leagues, I, I use a combination of Kirby pockets. I, at times, I used to use, uh, and, you know, when I I was struggling a little bit, I would go and use the stance of uh, George Brad and so on. In the mean, lower crouch, you know. Yeah, you know, to, um, I was able to just make those type of adjustments and, and try different things that basically gave me confidence, allowed me to uh, to feel good at the plate. I noticed you mentioned every one of those guys is a pretty good hitter. Yeah, <laughs> there was something going on. I didn't want to copy any bad hitter. <laughs> you know, watching you for so long, one of the many things you did so very well was with that pitch inside, you were able to keep your hands inside the ball, hit it hard, keep it fair, down the left field line. So many guys will hit it hard, but pull it foul about 50 feet. How did you do that? Well, I used to work a lot. I used to put uh, the tee very close to me, and um, first I will use one hand, my left hand, which is the lead hand. That's the one that I wanted to be the strong one, and uh, just keep it close to my to my body, 
and, and make contact and finish high. And that allowed me just to, uh, to, to stay inside the ball uh, more. And then I will repeat the swing uh, with two hands and staying behind the ball and finish high. And that allowed me just to stay inside the baseball and more consistent bases. It took a lot of work, you know, but uh, I was able to get pretty consistent with it. Hitting is so much uh, psychological, I think, as well as physical, knowing what the pitcher is trying to do to get you out, and you were as good as anybody in in figuring out what that guy was going to throw. How long did it take you to get to that point to figure out what that guy wanted to do to get you out? There is two ways. The first one is how they pitch into you. You look at the field, how they play in you. If the outfield is leaning towards one side of the field, you have an idea, well, they're going to pitch me away. The other way is facing those teams and those pitchers over over time you know how they pitch to you and the other way is you just watch films and see how he pitched to different type of hitters whether it's contact hitter or power hitter i tried to get all that information and and gave me a better idea at the plate best advice to give a kid about hitting in little league just go out and have a good time yes have a good time and uh prepare and, and practice uh listen to the coaches sometimes the coach uh well all the time the coach played the game before and know how to uh to teach hitting just listen to the coach and uh yeah have a good time on the field uh have fun the best i've ever seen edgar thanks a lot for the visit thank you thank you